Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Welcome everyone to Freaking Big Blue. I'm your host, Jordan Ron on ESPN. ESPN.com Giants reporter. And we're here with the rookie cornerback episode. Yeah, we're going to go over the hot topics at training camp right now. I got a three spot for you. We'll get to those in a few seconds. One of them includes lockdown Larry entering the picture. Uh, really entering the conversation for real now. This is no joke with lockdown Larry. We'll get to that in a minute. Uh, enemy of the show, Connor Hughes, later on, will make his pitch for forgiveness. We'll see if we forgive Connor Hughes for standing us up on multiple occasions last week so that he could golf eight gazillion holes. Uh, and also, Brian Dable calling me fat, in so many words, or something like that. Get to that at the end of the show. So, let's start right now with the hot topic, right? Number one of what's going on at Giants training camp. And this, to me, is a big one. The Giants right now, when they go to the nickel situation, dime, anytime where they use at least three cornerbacks. Their primary three cornerbacks are now two rookies on the outside in Deontay Banks, first rounder, no surprise. Trey Hawkins, a sixth rounder, a.k.a. Lockdown Larry. And Adoree Jackson, who is their best cornerback, who is their best outside cornerback. But... That's what the Giants are going with right now. And it's very interesting because two rookies, I was thinking, you know, Hawkins has impressed early in camp. He's got length. He's got speed. He's been playing really well. They want to give him some opportunities. But now we're getting where it's every day. That's what they're doing. And Adoree Jackson, by the way, is in a contract year. Not ideal for him to do this. Sliding inside, if he does that a majority of the time now. Now, I'm not sure the Giants are ultimately going to go with this. I think Joe Shane's out there looking at potential options. Maybe there's a veteran that they can get that can fill that role. But it's pretty clear that they don't want Darnay Holmes in that spot in the nickel. They've been looking for solutions. Holmes, nine penalties last year, seven for first downs. Struggled. We all know. You watched it. You saw it. They tried Cordell Flott there this summer. It's gotten to the point where Flott's now playing on the outside pretty regularly, almost permanently. I haven't seen him. We're, I'm taping this on, what, Wednesday night? So I practiced this week. I'm not sure I saw him out there at all in the slot. So he's now moved outside. Now, look, this isn't an indictment on Cordell Flott. It was a third rounder last year. I always thought he was a better... He was de- he was more of an outside guy. He doesn't have that quick twitch inside. He's he's taller, skinnier. You know, he's got that longer stride, bigger, faster type guy that play, could play on the outside, but bigger by I mean taller. And he has that length. 
I always thought he was a little miscast in the slot. And they were only playing him there because they, they, they were looking for anybody to play there. They didn't have anybody that they wanted to play there. So that's why you saw Cordell Flott there a little bit. That's my opinion. Didn't work out because they've kind of ended that experiment, at least temporarily. Now they're going with Adoree Jackson on the inside, which to me scares me a little bit because Lockdown Larry, and I call him Lockdown Larry because that's what the, a lot of, bunch of his teammates call him, because if you didn't know, Trey Hawkins, and I didn't know until I asked him, I was like, hey, why do they call you Lockdown Larry? We'll get to that in a second. You know what he'll, he'll explain. You know what? Let's get to it right now. Said Lockdown Larry. <laughs> oh, man. Give me the story. Um, Who calls you that? Is that a thing? Is that a real thing? Yeah, everybody, uh, now it became a thing. Everybody kind of called me that at first. Um, they didn't know my name. My, that's my government name. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. So, oh. Once they figured that out, they just... I, you know what? I didn't even know that. Yeah, I, I, once they figured that out, they just kept running with it. I, I've been a lot of different Larrys um, to them, but... Yeah, once I asked one, I told one of my coaches actually, he was like, what's my real name? They thought it was like Tremaine or something with a tray in it. I told him it was Larry. And, yeah. So where did Trey come from? Because I'm the third... Uh, well, that makes yeah look so after that they just took it and they ran with it they just <laughs> what do you think of it hey man i'm cool with it man i'm just trying to build a relationship with the guys and the coaches and players so yeah, i'm cool with it uh, what do you think of the possibility of starting to court you know rookie corners or how, i should say starting because obviously the reason reason be out there but having two rookie corners out there at the same time um I say uh, it's a blessing. Uh, I feel like my work is, work is becoming fruitful, and uh, I'm just trying to continue to get better. Because, like you say, uh, we're a long way from that. Not a long way. The first game was actually very close, but we got time to the first game. So we got two more games before that game, and um, I'm just looking to get better in those games before I think about just starting and just focus on the moment. Obviously, you know, you start second tier start for way up. You feel the difference in what you're competing against when you when you get to that, you know, as you get to like the guys who you know have proven themselves. Yeah. Right. I mean I'll say um the younger guys are um less experienced. So um I'll say the older guys are more experienced so they, they know how to sell things or play things in a different in a different way the younger guys do. Right. And I'll say that. But it's a good, I would assume it's a good learning yeah. experience for you. Yeah, it's good competition on both ways from the third team to the first team, I'll just say a lot of the first team, some things that separate them is um, the experience and play. Uh, some are faster, some are not, but everybody's kind of yeah. the same athletic deal. But these Shep's the got that wiggle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He does. I was saying that even before I saw him. Yes, like, he's got wiggle that no one else here like has that kind of wiggle. It's different that when you see that, isn't it? A little bit like yeah. that kind of stuff. Yeah, I mean, everybody here got their own stress and weaknesses. Right. Um, so one of Shep's strengths is his wiggle, so it, man, it's, it's a good thing. You know, he'd be Johnny 43, he had a 43-inch vert. He did? That's amazing. I didn't know that. Yeah. So we heard from there from Trey Hawkins. Obviously, playing against the first team is a lot more difficult. Guys like Sterling Shepard, who, by the way, isn't even barely running with the first team in these days, a little bit here or there, but he definitely does have the most shiftiness of, of that group. But anyway, when you play with the first team, when you play against high-end receivers, it gets more difficult. We know that. It's a really tough position to have success in year one. And to be quite honest, Sauce Gardner, guys like that, Patrick Sertain, the success they have as rookies is the outlier. So even DeAndre Banks was a 
first round pick. I mean, Tariq Woolen was a late guy, round guy who had a lot of success last year. But these guys are few and far between. The likelihood is that one or both the Banks or Hawkins, if they play significant, you know, get significant playing time, they'll struggle at times. Like that's what comes with being a rookie cornerback. Now, if the Giants do move Jackson inside pretty much full time, if your teams would stud wide receivers. Like the Giants are going to play the Dolphins, Tyreek Hill. They're going to play the Raiders, Devontae Adams, the Eagles twice, A.J. Brown, the Seahawks, D.K. Metcalf. If you're these teams, you go into three wide if Adore is really going to play in the slot full-time. And if you're any of those guys, I mean, A.J. Brown's be like, these rookies are going to try and cover me. And the likelihood is he'll cook them a good amount of time. First of all, it's hard enough even really good quarterbacks. Like, Adoree Jackson's a good quarterback. But even he's not going to usually shut down, especially by himself, the best top wide receivers. I mean, he had trouble with Tyler Lockett before the bye week last year and before he got injured. Right? Because these guys are good. The rules are made that they can get open. The great receivers one-on-one pretty much can get open. So when they go get I mean, A.J. Brown and Tyree Kill against Deontay Banks or Trey Hawkins, that's going to be a mismatch. So I don't think when the Giants play these teams with the top receivers, you're going to see a Dory Jackson inside in the slot full-time, which is why I think they're going to need to get another if they don't trust any of these guys to play the slot. They're going to have to find someone to play the slot because you need a Dory Jackson, even though he's not a true shutdown number one cornerback. You still need him on the outside because he's your best option against those kind of guys to have any sort of chance to slow them down. Either that or your pass rush would be crazy good. So that's where the Giants kind of stand right now at cornerback. Uh, it's, and the Giants, by the way, they played nickel or dime or whatever, and at least three cornerbacks, 70% of the snaps last year, 70%. So this isn't like, okay, we only use it 40, 50%. No, no, 70%. They use three or more cornerbacks. Number two on the hot topic list is the interior of the Giants' offensive line. Man, it just seems like they want Josh Azuda to win that job, but he just hasn't done it yet. There's just there's some good stuff you see from him, but then... There's some where it's just like a total breakdown, a free run. If you look at the touchdown pass that Tommy DeVito threw, actually. Like, Tommy DeVito threw that with a man in his face because Azudu got beat pretty cleanly. And he had barely enough time to make that throw, DeVito. So there's too many of those reps in practice and in the preseason game from Josh Azudu right now. He's playing a little high. And when you play high... You know, there's a higher potential of whiffs, which I think that's kind of what we're seeing from him right now. Like you can get just kind of tossed out of the way. The higher you are, you, you're kind of like a, a you know a, a tackle dummy, right? You know, when you hit the tackle dummy because it's standing straight up, it just flops to the side. If you're playing too high, and I think that's what we see from Rizzuto sometimes, is you can just be thrown to the side. So his bad reps aren't like mediocre bad reps. It's not just like, okay, you know, he, he was in front of the guy. No, it's like free run at the quarterback type of guy or free run into the backfield 
tackle for loss type of bad rep. So the Giants are rotating. Ben Bredesen, Mark Lewinsky, Josh Azudu. It looks like John Michael Schmidt has taken control of that center job, which I think is what everybody wants to hear. Music to everyone's ears, the rookie second round pick. And then I'm surprised they're not set. I mean, Bredesen is just playing everywhere. Like every other staff, you see him in a different position. The Giants are actually rotating on Wednesday practice. Essentially, every other snap rotating with the guards. Like That's not an ideal way to live. You want to settle on something at some point. So that interior of the offensive line, it remains a major concern. It's definitely a hot topic. Until they get settled there, that's a hot topic. Uh, I don't know how much I trust the interior of this offensive line, and that's not even including, we don't even know what Evan Neal's going to be. He was bad last year. You know where I think everyone, the Giants, are optimistic he's going to be better? I'm optimistic he's going to be better, given that I, I feel like he has the right makeup, he works hard. But certainly no given. I mean, if he's average, that's a win for the Giants. But we don't even know if Evan Neal's going to be average. Dealing with the concussion. Finally cleared on Wednesday afternoon. So I'm getting his ankle taped. I'm, I mean, he, it, I don't think it's anything major. He was back on the ankle right away. But I saw him getting it retaped. And at times he was walking a little gingerly. So just something to keep an eye on moving forward there. Hot topic number three. Okay. Is Kayvon Thibodeau. Okay. Now, number five overall pick last year. Obviously, Giants have big hopes for him. The, just, the vibe that I'm getting from this all. And Wig Martindale said the other day. Uh, he brought his keep it real periods. Pretty self-explanatory, keep it real. And this is what Wink kind of prides himself on, being open and honest and not BSing around. And he brought Kayvon Thibodeau up and he mentioned his practices. And it sounded like they wanted him to be more consistent, that they view him as a Pro Bowl type player. That you not know, as a Pro Bowl player, not type player, as a Pro Bowl player, as a guy who can be a star on the outside. But they need to see it from him more consistently. And this kind of matches what you've seen throughout the summer from Kayvon Thibodeau. You don't look out on the field and say, see Kayvon Thibodeau just dominating every day. I just don't. I don't see a star play. Like, you saw the difference when a guy like Odell Beckham Jr. was on the field, right? You see a difference when Landon Collins in his prime was on the field. Dominique Rogers Camardi, when he was at the top of his game. And the sorry part is I, I, I'm not, I don't have a lot of guys to name here because... I haven't seen a lot of star players. Dexter Lawrence in one-on-ones, like, you know he's just going to manhandle the guy. Right? You just don't see that from Thibodeau on a regular basis. Andrew Thomas, you know, he wins a majority, most of his reps in one-on-ones. And Thibodeau, you see some good, you see some, okay, some average. So, you just, you don't see that domination that I think the Giants are hoping to see from him. That consistency. That everyday effort. So I think that's what kind of they were referring to there. And Thibodeau took it well. He talked and said, you know, he you know, he wants to be great. Like, he wants them to be honest with him. You know, and he took it constructively, whatever it was that the actual message was, when Wink brought him to the front of the room. So, to me... 
it says that we got a ways to go for Kayvon Thibodeau to reach the level I think that some people think he's going to reach or that his draft uh, place indicates. I'm just not there yet with Kayvon Thibodeau being like a star type player. Just not. I've seen dominant players before, great players before. And you could tell right away. I see a good player, a very good player from Thibodeau. I'm not sure I see a great player. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. There's nothing wrong with a good, great, good, slash, very good player. I'm just saying in order to get to that level where he is a great player, it's going to have to be there more consistently. And I think that's sort of what the Giants were hitting on there and Wink Martindale was hitting on there with Kayvon Thibodeau. And with that, on to the next one. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. All right, so we talked about in the last episode, Connor Hughes, enemy of the program, enemy of the show. He has taken great offense to that, so we're standing out here. It's Monday afternoon. Connor's devastated, by the way. He tried to give me a piece of gum today when I needed one, and he thought that would cure all woes. I'm not sure if that has gotten him here yet, but Connor, young Connor, we'll give you a chance. Yeah. What, 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 is, what is your excuse and what do you say for yourself like that, that we should allow you back into be an enemy of the program? So I think the one thing that I learned from you, Jordan, all these years ago is that you have your friends but you have to put your sources above everything else. And I think when I was down there in Detroit, there was a chance to catch up with someone who I hadn't seen in a while, try to catch up further a relationship. And we went out to dinner. I thought it wasn't going to be that long, which is why I said like, oh, well, you know, in an hour, hour and a half, maybe. And instead it ended up being a three hour dinner, great conversation. Uh, so I ended up staying with him. And unfortunately, uh, miss, miss the Connor, Connor, come up. You play 27 holes of golf one day. You could have easily snuck in between the two rounds a 10-minute Zoom on your phone while you sit in between rounds. That is an accurate statement. Yeah, so the, the dinner I have, that is where my gripe is. Connor decided it was more important to go to the second round of golf in the same day than to give me 10 minutes to get this podcast the 10 minutes it deserved. And the podcast does deserve those. What I will say, though, and, and Jordan knows much about this, is that the as as that's Pat Leonard in the background. So as the uh, the the new fatherhood has told me, I assumed that I was going to be playing uh, the same amount of golf the two three rounds a week that I was playing pre baby post baby. Uh, turns out that's not happening. Big mistake. Big. Yeah, no, that's not happening. So when I went to Detroit, 
I brought the sticks, had a chance to get as much golf in as I could before I go home to my daughter. I think I was like, you know what, let's soak it up. And unfortunately, I will say I put the golfing ahead of the podcast, and that was a grave mistake that I will not make again. So I'll give you one last chance to grovel, you know, get down, bow, and state your case for being back allowed into the inner circle of the Breaking Big Blue podcast. Oh, uh, what am I going to do? Uh, well, I've already said I'll bring gum for you for, for the next week or so. Okay. Uh, treat you to a round of golf because I played 27. I think I'll treat you to a round of golf. And now we're talking. Uh, and I'll give you a few extra strokes in the competition. Whoa. Not as many. Uh, 10 I gave Pat Leonard. I'm not making that mistake. So he's ripping Pat Leonard's golf. Give me even know for it. I really wanted to get in good grace. I feel, I, that's what I learned when I came to the Giants beat is that if I wanted to get in what's great, uh, Good graces, just start throwing some shots. You putted, you putted like crap to get it to the hat. Putted like crazy. It wasn't even that. I putted fine. The guy shot an 86 and lost money. Like, that's where I was like, come on, man. All right, we'll let the people decide if we should allow Connor Hughes to not be an enemy of the state, an enemy of the show, actually. On to the next one. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. All right, we're going to finish up here with a little quick Jordan on the beat. This is where I tell you what it's like to cover the Giants, work for ESPN, or cover the NFL in general. And really, this is the ultimate pot calling the kettle black moment. It happened about a week ago, maybe a little more than a week ago, a hot day. You know, it's like 90 degrees, 90 plus degrees, super humid, and I'm wearing a, a t-shirt, okay? Actually, it was more than a week ago at this point, maybe like 10 days ago, two weeks ago. And I'm wearing a, a t-shirt, and it's maybe a little, t-shirts these days sometimes, especially after you wash them a few times, they get a little snug in the midsection. You know, I got the little, uh, I got the love handles, the old man little pop belly, but I've been running this summer. Lost probably five or six pounds. So I feel like I'm actually heading in the right direction. I'm not a huge guy in the first place. Just just a little big in, in the middle torso area. And so I turned to the side for a second. I pulled the shirt down a little bit, right? Because it's getting sticking to me. It's pulling up. So I pulled it down a bit and I'm turning the side. And I'm kind of standing by myself on the sideline. About 20 seconds later, I see Brian Dable. Giants head coach, of course, beeline over kind of. And he's like, I saw that. I saw that, you know, basically saying he saw my, you know, he saw my belly. I saw that little stomach popping out. Essentially calling me fat. I didn't, I don't think he, I do not believe he used the word fat. But I'm putting it in my own terms. So are you calling me fat? You are calling me fat? 
I was like, I'll go run. I'm going run. I'll go running right after this. You're going to come with me? He's like, no, 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 no. I got too much to do. I got too much to do. I was like, I can't believe you just came over out of all people and called me fat. But it happened. Brian Dable caught. These are the things in the middle of practice caught me tugging on my shirt with my belly showing in that. It was like a, one of those like loose Henley type shirts and saw my little pop belly and came over and made a comment. The gall of him to come make a comment to me about that. Brian Dable, let's be honest, is not in the greatest shape of any man I've ever seen. Smokes 17 cigars a day and eats probably a lot of cookies. I saw him one time. He had a... Last season, he's like, I'm eating healthy. And he shows us, so we're like, what are you eating? And he shows us, he has a plate. He's eating healthy, whatever it was at the time, some kind of green salads. I'm like, what are you talking about? What's under there? And under the plate was a secondary plate with cookies. And by the way, Cave on Thibodeau showed up to a WFAN interview with 10 cookies on a plate. Come on, man. 10? 10? 10 cookies on one plate? I don't care how many calories you're burning during the day. Can't be the greatest thing in the world to eat 10 cookies. I'm sure the Giants nutritionists don't suggest anybody's eating 10 cookies in a, in a serving or a sitting. Just saying. Now, Brian Dable and myself, we can do that, no problem. Because we don't need to play football. That's why we look the way we do. And granted, he's not wrong. I do have a big belly. I am my, my daughter does tell me all the time I have a big belly, both my kids. And then I could lose some weight, eat healthier for sure. And they're not wrong. Brian Dable wasn't wrong. Still, the ultimate popcorn the kettle black moment. Ultimate right there. So yeah, for those of you out there that sometimes see the back and forth in the press conferences and think he hates me and we have a bad relationship. Uh, no, nah, we, we, he, we could still come out and joke with each other. That's part of the jobs that we both have. And I think we respect that. So that relationship is fine, even though he essentially called me fat. That's the end of this episode of Breaking Big Blue. As always, like, subscribe, tell your friends. Come on, let's grow this podcast, Breaking Big Blue. There's no better Inside Giants information out there than on this podcast. I promise you, no better information. I'll put my information up against anyone, any day, any time. Let's go. You're listening to Breaking Big Blue. I'm Jordan Ronan. See you next time.